0: North St. Louis has struggled for years with an epidemic of crime and poverty, and State Representative Joshua Peters believes that the drug trade is a big culprit. The Democrat from St. Louis joins us on another edition of Politically Speaking, so let's hit the music.
1: This is the Politically Speaking podcast, a candid conversation with the Show Me State's biggest
0: political newsmakers. I'm Jason Merzenbaum.
2: And I'm Joe Manis. That's Eric Greitens, Navy (laughs) SEALs running for governor, and I'm really, really glad to be on with you, Jason and Joe.
1: I'm going to push back
0: I'm your host, St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum. Joining me in studio today is...
1: Colleague Joe Manis
0: And returning to the show for the second time, we have as our special guest today...
1: State Representative Joshua Peters. A,
0: the state representative for the 76th District, which, ta- which takes in... You know, a slice of North St. Louis City? Yeah. What, what are the boundaries of so, uh, that? So
1: as far north as the Missouri River, as far south as Dr. Martin Luther King, as far east as uh, Pope Newstead, and as far west as
2: uh, St. Louis County borderline. So you take, like, what, Bellefonte neighbors? No, I don't go as far as Bellefonte okay, neighbors. Okay. It's St. Louis so, City proper. Okay, okay. Just yeah. so our listeners can I believe it's Representative
0: so, Tommy Peterson, Jr.'s district. So yeah, he is,
1: is my neighbor. Tommy's my neighbor. So I have Walnut Park, Wells Goodfellow, uh, Bayton, uh Penrose Neighborhood, predominantly where most of the crime and, and, and some of the challenges take place in the city.
0: And that's okay. what we're going to be talking about today. Um, when Representative Peters contacted me, he wanted to specifically talk about crime in his district and the drug trade in his district and how the two intersect, which is a topic we don't really talk a lot about much on this show. But it's an extremely important issue for a huge population swath in St. Louis City. So, I'll just start off pretty generally. Well, way. actually, uh, it's yeah.
2: a big. It, 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 it's an issue in parts of rural, much of outstate Missouri as well. So, thank you. For and we had that. a state rep and state senators who were pushing for an opioid bill, something mm. to Holly Raider. Yeah, Holly Raider mm. to track prescription drugs that didn't get through. But the point is, this does kind of mesh in with all that. Absolutely.
0: Right. So. Tell me, kind of, what the situation is in your district, and, and how th- these issues of crime and drugs intersect for people.
1: Absolutely. Um, so first, I just want to thank both of you for having me on the show. I really appreciate this opportunity to come and uh, give my people a voice in North City. Um, this is this is fantastic. Um, so right now, I'm going to give you a little bit of background about the 76th district um, within the Sixth District Police. Districts out of the uh, multiple districts that we have in the city of St. Louis, in 2016, 310 drug-related arrests took place in the zip codes in which I represent solely. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2017, 104 of those drug-related uh, arrests uh, took place in the 76th district and in the 6th district specifically, uh, police department. Uh, today, the number could probably be higher um, when we deal with trafficking and those sorts of things, but. In 2013, zip codes within the 76th District made up 35% of drug-related arrests in the city of St. Louis. That's in my district alone. Um, So we're talking about the 63120, the 63115, 63133, excuse me, 63113 zip codes. Something's happening, right? So how do we fix that? What's going on? And I think that's something that the people have to ask the questions, you know, uh, to the the general public.
2: I mean, what do you hear from... Your constituents, uh, many times some of the best ideas on how to deal with problems come from the people who are actually living with them Mm -hmm. or living down the street from them, uh, as opposed to somebody, you know, on high looking down. Right. Are there some uh, specific things that you're hearing that um, either the city government or the state government could do to help some of the situations? Yes, absolutely.
1: It's create jobs. What we're seeing right now are people out on the street actually self-medicating and to some degree. We're talking about the prescription drug monitoring program. We look at Holly Rader's bill uh, that she's pushing forth that, that fill It's needed in the state of Missouri. Yeah, Missouri we, is the only the is the only, only state, state without one. Right, the only state in the nation without the uh, drug monitoring program and the Narcotic, Narcotics Act is what they dubbed it this year um, that which wasn't passed. Um, mm-hmm. It's great to have systems like this in place, but for the people who I represent, there's going to be a very small a uh, portion of folks who are affected by that because most of the folks aren't covered by Medicaid. They don't go to a doctor to get some sort of uh, prescription medication to start the addiction. Most of it's coming from depression. It's coming from not having a job yeah. and living in poverty. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality of what's taking place right now.
0: What are the drugs that are, from what you've heard, mm-hmm. that are being sold the most? I would assume heroin, is, heroin has exploded, but what else?
1: I, I'm hearing heroin. Um, we also hear about the synthetic uh, uh, K two drug
2: fentanyl. fentanyl
1: methadone is being sold on the street.
2: I mean, it's it's interesting because now this is a big issue. I is said in rural parts of the country, including Missouri, in some ways the population uh, affected is different. I mean, you have some younger people, but there's also a lot of middle aged white people who don't have jobs because the factories have moved out and they're doing the same thing. They're Mm self-medicating. So this is one thing where I think you've got a similar problem, maybe differences, but it still boils down to lack of jobs. Mm -hmm. And it gets people where they're so depressed that they just don't want to think about things and they end up self-medicating so they don't have to.
1: Absolutely. And keep in mind that some people still don't have coverage when it comes to Medicaid and Medicare. Yeah. Some folks just don't have this. So... um,
2: well, because Missouri has, I mean, if you, if you make over about $2,500 a year, you, you don't can't qualify. Get it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: So. so, I mean, I want to talk about kind of how this interacts with crime, too, because I'm wondering if a lot of the shootings and violent crime that's happening in your district and outside of your district mm-hmm. is related to this burgeoning drug trade. Maybe you have rival factions shooting each other or getting into arguments. Maybe it has nothing to do with the drug trade, but. I think that there's an assumption that the two are linked. What have, you, what have you found?
1: First and foremost, I just want to go on record in saying that we have to make sure that we support our circuit attorney under all circumstances. And the circuit attorney, uh, Kim Gartner, is the person who we should be looking to to address this issue and to help fix this specific problem. Um, and I think she has an excellent program in place that I'll let her uh, kind of sh- share with you all. Um, but right now what we're seeing is um, a a battle between kingdoms or thithums, in, in a sense. Um, you have these small little groups that are set up around the city who's trying to uh, come up with some sort of income to take care of their family. Um, back in the day, I guess, probably in the 80s and the 70s, you saw a lot of Bloods and Crips yes. and gangbangers, and that no longer really exists. Right now what you're seeing is somebody who's literally trying to survive, trying to make a living, um, trying to take care of their family. And, and that's where we are
2: now um when you what do you see are there concrete things that you think can be done quickly or is this something that's going to be longer term
1: I think that there are some 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 um, benchmarks that can be made okay. we can we can look at more policing in North st. Louis City of course right more patrols um, making sure that there are programs in place that we um, can could 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 fix Across the board, whether that's setting up a, a headquarters temporarily, setting up a headquarters in, in North City and just running this uh, the police department um, from that from North St. Louis, just to make sure that there's a high traffic of police officers out on the street. The second thing I think is um, making sure that local officials are decriminalizing certain non criminal or or, or uh, criminal acts, um, making, such as let's say. I would go so far to say out of the statistics that i provided to you all earlier about the arrest right, mm-hmm. right. about the 310 arrests being taken uh, that took place in the 76th district we have to ask ourselves how many of those were related to something like cannabis or someone experimenting with cannabis right um that's a sensitive topic but when we look at cannabis sa- is marijuana okay just, <laughs> so, just for our listeners to know but continue so so we then have to look and say okay well How many of these arrests were actually related to someone actually bringing in keloids of crack cocaine? Um, Where should our priorities be, especially when when the police chief and others are saying that we have a small police force in comparison to the crime that's taking place? We have to prioritize what crime we're going to chase after and what crime we're going to fight. Um, And it's affecting black people. Um, And the city has to take that into consideration.
0: Well, this is another question that I was thinking of because, as Joe mentioned, I think the heroin epidemic kind of transcends between race. You have, like, white people doing heroin and African Americans. I think that's been a problem for decades. But who is coming into the city to actually buy this heroin? Is it people from St. Louis County? Is it people from St. Charles County? Is it people from the Metro East? Like, from what you've heard, is it just like – people selling drugs to people in the city or is it essentially north city has become sort of this epicenter where lots of people are coming to purchase right. their drugs
1: so based off the statistics and the information um in 2015 there were 132 for every 100,000 city residents deaths as a result of heroin and opioid overdoses in the city of st louis 90 of those deaths were city residents mainly meaning that of these deaths were from the county. So the statistics show, and this is what the statistics show, that people in the city of St. Louis, residents in the city of St. Louis, are more affected by the heroin epidemic than folks coming elsewhere.
2: I mean, so what your stats are saying to me, if I interpret it right, is that you're almost like three times more likely to die in the city yes. by being on heroin yes. than in the county. Yes. Now, is that because of the dose or is it because you're less likely to get uh, treatment or medical treatment it's, right away? It's a combination of
1: both. I, it's more so geared towards you got to look at um, where the 76th district is positioned. Um, we're right off the corridor of Highway 70. It's quick to make an easy transaction and it's quick to jump right back on the highway and go elsewhere. However, I will say that we see um, overdoses taking place at some of the gas stations in the surrounding areas of the city. We see overdoses taking place um, on bus stops. So you have people who are coming in from the county, buying the drugs, and can't wait to get home. I mean, they're literally shooting up or smoking right there on the spot. Well, what can be done? Policing. Half of this would, half of the transactions would not take place if you had a presence of law enforcement in a community. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. Yeah.
2: So, do you in use... addition
1: to that, creating jobs. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure that there's jobs readily available and housing. And also, we, we look at LRA properties in North St. Louis. I could take, um, for instance, uh, let's take for instance the, I'll say the 27th Ward. We all know the 27th Ward. Right. Very familiar with 27th Ward. Currently, right now, there are 1,000 LRA abandoned buildings, okay? Now, we go to, let's say, the 7th Ward. That's more of the, if I'm not mistaken, Tower Groves area. It's like Uh, downtown,
0: Sular, those types of areas. We have
1: 26 abandoned LRA properties. So we have to look and say, okay, well, we're creating an environment in North St. Louis for where someone can run into a building, do their dope, do their heroin, and then leave or OD. Um, and, and that's the reality of what's taking place. So we have to clean up our city. We have to make sure that there's development taking place, that there's job creation, and that we have a, a, a base of, of presence of law enforcement.
2: I mean, without you know playing favorites, I mean those numbers would show primarily, I think that there's more development, redevelopment, renovation of buildings going on in the 20, let, let's say this the straight corridor from mm-hmm. this downtown straight west. Mm-hmm. I mean, because parts of the south side have similar problems to what what you're seeing. Not as bad, but but you're seeing it. So there had been, when Freeman Bosley was mayor, his big thing was just to knock all of them down, um, all these vacant buildings down. Uh, do you think that's what should be done? Or do you think there needs to be more done to try to encourage uh, some sort of redevelopment so these buildings aren't vacant? I mean, a 1,000 is a lot of properties. We have a...
1: If you look at the incentives that are given out to the various wards for folks to develop and build up um, in the city of St. Louis, most of those incentives are in predominantly North St. Louis, what we're talking about. Um, The question is whether or not jobs are coming along with that, whether or not folks want to actually develop in the city of uh, in North St. Louis. And most folks are not going to develop unless we get the crime under control. I mean, honestly, would you want to set up a donut shop in North St. Louis and know that it's going to get robbed, potentially by a heroin addict trying to um, uh, self-medicate? It's not going to happen. So we have to get the crime under control in order for there to be solid development.
0: Now, you're a state legislator. and you're, you're, You're obviously a state legislator with a deep interest in the nuts and bolts local aspect. My question for you is, what could you do as a state legislator to help local officials deal with this problem because in my view, what we're talking about are incredibly serious problems that probably need the attention of local, state, and federal people. But the people that are going to be executing this are probably going to be the mayor's administration, the police department, the aldermen, and, and sometimes all those people don't get along with each other for political or personal reasons. Mm-hmm. So my question for you is what role are you going to play given that environment? So the
1: role that I've been playing is serving on the state's budget, um, the House Budget Committee, um, in assuring and putting uh, our departments to task to make sure that we're applying for every single grant possible to help fight the heroin epidemic that's taking place in our country. Um, President Trump, whatever, uh, has has attempted to let or put on the image as if he's going to help fight this, 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 this issue. I hope that he does, and I'm going to hold him to it. Um, we have to make sure that there's dollars coming through the state, that we're pulling these dollars down from the federal government, making sure that it's going into the right communities, making sure that we actually have uh, substance abuse programs in place. I know that, uh, Jason, you know I've been very critical about the use of methadone as a, as a source of treatment for heroin addicts. We have a methadone clinic in the 76th district right there off of West Florissant. We have the highest level of overdoses in the city of St. Louis in my district, and we still have drug arrests. So we have to ask ourselves, are people getting access or are they able to get access to these specific specific facilities? And then two, are these facilities actually providing um, a drug that's actually going to wing the person off of the heroin um, uh, uh, usage or... Is it just substituting the drug for another drug? And the state has to take into consideration what we're going to do about that.
2: Now, how interested do you think the governor is about this problem? He's had two special sessions this summer. Neither of them were about the opioid drug problem, although he has been getting some pressure to consider it. I just covered a press conference he was at about a blue alert system for police officers, and he was pretty – among other things, he was blaming quote, I'm mean, this is his words, okay, the Ferguson effect unquote, for uh, rising crime, rising attacks on police. Um, that
1: doesn't exist.
2: Okay, I mean, so I'm just that's why I'm asking you because mm. I wanted to get your response to that. But do you think he is sympathetic enough to your issue, or do you think that there should be a special session on this?
1: I I don't know what the governor, I don't know how he <laughs> no. thinks, um, but I can tell you that he has not addressed the issue that's affecting my people in my community. Um, I'm okay with having special sessions all day long, but what's actually being done? What are we getting accomplished? You know, what's actually becoming a, like what are we What are we giving back to the people? And I see nothing there. I see nothing there. And the people in the city of St. Louis are suffering. And the governor has to take into consideration what his priorities are. Um, and our, and, you know, as, as, as a Democrat and, um, with the city of St. Louis being heavily involved in the Democratic Party, as far as the elected officials, we have to hold this governor to the task. And I think that folks like uh, Gail McCain Beatty in the House of Representatives and uh, Senator Gina Wash um, uh, are individuals who have to step up and, and call the governor out on these things. Um, the Ferguson effect is something that I take issue with. Um, it's something that I believe was was a picture that was painted that that really does not exist. Um, so well, I hope
0: it, wh- why do you feel that way
1: the issues that we're faced with today we were faced with prior to ferguson that's why
2: now why do you think i mean uh forgetting ferguson specifically but there has been a rise like i said in drug problems yes and of course in police shootings i mean there's considered it's, and 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 shootings that involve police With private citizens. Well,
1: we're saying that there. What's happened now is that we're seeing a underscoring now of the drugs. I mean, I just provided statistics going back to 2013. That was prior to the Ferguson incident, right? Right. Yeah, about the same time. So does
2: all this come back? I mean, many experts Mm -hmm. would agree with you that it all comes back to jobs. It all comes back to jobs. Mm -hmm. All. All of it comes back to jobs. And are there particular industries or particular things that you would like to see attract in the war? I mean, of course. Uh, will the NGA um, expansion and relocation? which will be south of you. Mm-hmm. But will that perhaps help? I'm just interested in your Absolutely. thoughts. Absolutely.
1: I think NGA is a wonderful addition to the city of St. Louis and specifically to a certain portion of North St. Louis. But when we look at communities um, in North St. Louis, like the Walnut Park, Wells Goodfellow area, there's no development taking place in those areas. I would love to go to a Qdoba or a Chick-fil-A or well, maybe not Chick-fil-A, but <laughs> they're,
0: they're building one in in, this, in the glorious 16th Ward. There I, you I,
1: I go. Continue. Um, or Or Chipotle. You know, Uh I would love to go to a nice, authentic restaurant of some sort in my community. Um, Some St. Louis's have the luxury of walking down the street and going to get something green and healthy. We don't have that in North St. Louis City um and that's something that we have to see and something that we have to push and i i'm working with our alder people there alderman brandon bosley alderman john muhammad and alderwoman uh, pamela Boyd and alderwoman dion flowers to see what can we do to rebuild and re-energize our corridor of the city
0: and that was gonna be my next question because yeah. there has been a big turnover in the board of aldermen there are a lot of new people some of which i think you're politically aligned with some which you're not but you seem to be working well together with how how Symbiotic, do you think the relationship has been not only with you, but other state representatives from the St. Louis region in dealing with this crime and drug problem?
1: I think the elected officials have a, um, some of them, at least the ones that I'm working with, have a tight grip on um, the issues. And now it's about solving the issues now, bringing re- resolution to our, our problems. And um, I'm ready, ready and willing to do whatever it takes to, to fight that fight.
2: How do you see the climate in the in City Hall since we have a new mayor and comparing that to the climate in Jefferson City where you are every day and we have a fairly new governor? Mm-hmm. Just interested in your in your take on those two things now, and how they might mesh. Yeah. Now we all know that I'm not
1: really involved in, in St. Louis City politics as no, far as but you observe. Been in th- but definitely from the outside looking in, I would say that there appears to be um, some some wounds that are in the process of being healed. Um, I believe that um, we have a mayor who appears to be taking some sort of interest behind the scenes um, with the elected officials in North St. Louis. Uh, prior to that, I, I believe the previous administration had its views or its priorities um, in place that may not have uh, uh, been a part of, of North City, if that kind yeah, of makes sense. To, to kind of fill in the blanks
0: yeah. there, I think that there was that one of the criticisms of the former mayor Francis Slay was he was overly focused on the Central Corridor, or South St. Louis. I don't want to say he ignored North St. Louis because he had the NGA, but the NGA is not in your district. And there's no. a, you drive through it every day. And would, you, you see would, the results. Absolutely.
1: Of that. And I would say that Congressman Clay really played a very solid role in getting the NGA there and um, that it took a lot of pressure. Um, to to make that these things happen and the city of st louis is now benefiting um from that from his efforts
0: do you think um you know i don't i don't know i i don't recall you getting involved in the mayor's race i didn't see any endorsement i think you stayed neutral which i think may have been smart on your part but do you have confidence in in lida cruisin to deal with the issues we've talked about
1: i believe everyone deserves a chance i believe that lida um I have yet to sit down and have a a direct conversation with the mayor, Um, but I I have faith that she will listen.
0: So um, I, I go back to Greitens for a second. I think your comments are a little surprising to me in that he lived in St. Louis City for a long time. He lived in the 28th Ward you know, which is on the Del Mar divide. And some
1: of the folks over there are a little detached, yeah. I would say. <laughs> so I, I guess my the que- issues So I, I, I
0: guess my question is, are you kind of surprised he's taking this posture, given that even if you live in the 28th Ward or the 16th Ward, if you drive through St. Louis, you see some of these problems pretty much on a daily basis, and you can't really ignore them. Are you, are you surprised the governor hasn't been more to your liking, given that context?
1: I'm surprised at the fact that he comes from an urban area, He knows or should know the issues that are facing the majority of the people in the city of St. Louis. I would agree, Jason, you're absolutely right. He needs to step up. He needs to understand that this is a serious issue. His party's chief, uh, Donald Trump, has said that he's going to fight opioid addiction and heroin usage um, in the United States. It's time for him to step up and do the exact same thing.
0: Mm. Just going, spending the last few minutes talking a little bit more about current events. Technically, we were actually in a special session right now, though it doesn't seem like the House is coming back anytime soon. It was not on opioids or prescription drug monitoring. There was one on economic development last time. This is on abortion. Um, what's been kind of your view of this past special session? Because I know that you were outspoken against several aspects of the bill mm-hmm. that's being debated right now. I think I'm pretty sure you voted against it. That's mm-hmm. that's yes. that's accurate. What, what's kind of your view of this special session and being called back multiple times after, after the end of session in May?
1: It's a waste of tax pay, taxpayers' dollars. And I see this as a way for some of the Uh, state representatives to be able to get their mileage and their per diem um, throughout the summer to have a nice summer vacation. And that's the strategy that some of these folks up there use.
0: Are you going to be donating your per diem at all, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I got to ask that question. It's a fair question. A
1: fair question is I'm out working with the St. Louis Labor Council um, over the summer. So some of the technical sessions, um, I'm kind of staying away from those. I'm there when I need to be there.
2: Now, can you explain talk about your what you're doing with the Labor council? Is, sure. this, is this having to do with the referendum? and how will that affect? Some of your other issues.
1: Absolutely, um, we're out right now collecting signatures for the referendum. People's veto is what I like to call it. Um, we're we're almost at that magic number, and I think that if not, we're surpassed that magic number, and I believe that the um, legislation will be defeated. Now, uh, th- by just the citizens.
0: just for our listeners, for some context, what Representative Peters is talking about, Joe, can kind of explain. Yes,
2: more? yes. I mean, basically, uh, the governor and. Signed into law a bill that was passed by uh, the Republican majority in the state legislature early in the session, a bill that would bar unions and employers from requiring all workers in a bargaining unit to pay dues. Now, as they could, they did not have to be a member of a union. Correct. But they did have to pay, pay dues. dues. Correct. And this would eliminate that. Missouri would be among more than two dozen states that have done this, many of them just in the last five years. Right. Um, there is a referendum effort by labor leaders in the state. This is something that's rarely done, mm-hmm. where they're trying to get enough signatures filed to actually block the measure from going into effect at the end of August until there is a statewide vote on it. Which would probably
0: be in 2018, I would think. Correct.
2: Correct. Now, there's the other option. If they don't make it with the referendum, they're trying to put something on the ballot to repeal it, but- I think they see the referendum as their best option to try to prevent it from going into effect. Is that, is correct. that correct? Correct. So what are you doing? Are you trying to get signatures We're gathering in your district? we signatures,
1: absolutely. Um, the labor community, the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists, um, started out of the 76th District. It was housed, um, Representative Carla Mays aunt uh, was one of the founders um, of the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists. So it affects the, 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 the black community.
2: Well, what sort of reception are you getting? Because, I mean, labor leaders, I mean, labor has had kind of a mixed history of with, with African Americans.
1: But they also helped fuel the civil rights era. Right. They helped um, when it came to uh, disparities taking place in Harlem and other places. The labor community was there. Yes, every family has its issues, right? But the labor community um, helps with, with the folks who I serve, and um, African Americans benefit. From organized labor
2: so what sort of reception are you getting as you're going around
1: very receptive very receptive um i have an annual mother's day event about 300 women come out um every year uh and they came out to uh partake in uh, our celebrations and we had about i want to say about two 250 250 women sign up and sign the petition so um i i would say the community is very much so on board with the referendum
2: now, do you see, um, is this part of a broader issue that maybe affect how things go in Jeff City if, if you're successful uh, I think it with the referendum?
1: I believe it would show the power of the people. I think that's what we want to show, that the people are going to uh, determine their faith in this state. Because it, there's one party in charge, the Republican Party is in charge, and they're not addressing the issues of the people.
2: Now, but, but voter turnout in 2016 in Missouri wasn't bad. But there's a general conventional wisdom, and and you you look at the numbers. I mean, the voter turnout in the minority community was not as strong as it was in 2008 and 2012. Mm -hmm. Now, frankly, Donald Trump carried the state by such huge margins that that would not have affected him. It might have affected possibly the governor and US Senate race. Do you feel that the Democratic Party needs to be doing more to reach out to minorities? I mean, there, there's been, you know, jabs for decades that they mm-hmm. tend to take minorities for granted. I'm interested in your thoughts about that.
1: Sure. Um, of course, the Democratic Party, I serve on the executive committee of the state party. The Democratic Party needs to step up and be Um, on the forefront of engaging the African-American community and minorities in general, Um, because even the Latino and even I would even categorize the Bosnian community and others uh, deserve to have a voice and deserve to be heard and be a part of the platform. Um, We have to make sure that folks like Stephen Weber are coming to North St. Louis and talking to folks in North St. Louis. We have to make sure that Senator Claire McCaskill is showing up prior to um, the election day and being a part of what's taking place, helping with the fight on the opioid addiction uh, component and the crime that's taking place in our area.
2: How how engaged is she right now, Uh, not just in your issues, but looking ahead to 2018, because her race is going to be probably the marquee race in the state in 2018 <laughs> and will be one of the marquee Senate races in the country. The auditor's yes.
0: race will be fun, too. but The that,
1: auditor's race that, would be that, interesting. That, yes. Yeah,
2: but the auditor's race is in effect I, I tied know. to it. I was yes. being facetious. Go ahead. Go.
1: Um, I, you know, Senator McCaskill has demonstrated that she understands people and she understands um, uh, the political climate, and I think she will be fine. I truly believe Senator McCaskill will be okay.
0: It's interesting, you No, know, we'll have, have to ask Senator McCaskill directly, but she has to kind of like walk a tightrope. Like she needs very strong turnout in St. Louis City, St. Louis County, Jackson mm-hmm. County, but she also needs to get a slice of the rural vote not not she's probably not going to win outstate missouri like but she has in to get at
2: least 40 percent
0: and you know i i think one thing that's interesting is i don't see her going out to outstate missouri and like saying oh i'm against gun control and you know i don't support abortion rights she's being actually very honest with people about mm. that and i think that may actually help her because they don't see them as pandering but it does seem like she needs the urban and rural coalition to come behind her for her to win. Otherwise, she's not going to win. That's kind of my feeling.
1: I, I agree with you. But the I guess in, in an essence, if I could just be candid with sure. this, you're talking about Donald Trump is our president, right? He has lured what it means to be lured the standard of what it means to be an elected official, um, even at the federal level. So we see now that um, more elected officials, especially in particular um, at the federal level, they're becoming more in your face reality saying it how it is. And I think Senator McCaskill does an excellent job in doing that.
0: Do you think Congressman Clay does a good job I of that? I think
1: Congressman Clay does an excellent job in keeping it real. Okay. <laughs> on that
0: note, uh, thank you again for coming on our show. We really appreciate
1: that.
2: Thank it. I, you.
0: For- and in my
1: generation's uh saying, I want to say stay woke. We will.
2: Uh, oh, I've got one question yes. I want to ask you. This is kind of a little off, but this is something that I'm focusing on a little bit. Uh, One of the interesting things about the St. Louis region, Mm -hmm. especially when you get below Congressman Clay, Mm -hmm. is that there's a whole raft, eight, actually, Mm -hmm. eight African-American women who hold key positions, either two state Senate seats, two seats on the county council, four um, citywide offices in the city of St. Louis. And that's aside from whoever's in the state house and the aldermen. Is there any? Th- I mean, most of this has just come about in the last year, year and a mm. half. Any thoughts about that? I
1: think is I think is great. I think it's wonderful. Um, but I will say that we have to make sure that we have a African American male perspective. Um, as we move forward in in shaping our city. We have to make sure that there is an African-American voice that's being um, that's out there articulating the needs of the city. It's crucial. Um, If you look at the leadership back um, I guess back when Paula J. Carter was in in the state senate, we had uh, Senator Bash, Jet Banks um, and a few other great legislators who collectively work to address issues. Um, And It just wasn't a a him versus her type of thing or a a black woman or black male type of thing. It has to be a collective effort. Um, moving forward. But I, I applaud the women in the city of St. Louis, but in particularly um, Comptroller Darlene Green, um, Tashara Jones, um, and a few other folks out there who are really making noise and bringing about resolve to our community. And Kim
0: Gardner, and, who you, oh, supported, absolutely. you supported pretty big. What's the difference
2: between the male perspective and the female perspective? I mean, no, I I'm just interested. No. no, but you're the one who brought it up. You're the one who brought I it up. I think as, as an African-American it. male, okay.
1: my disadvantages are a little bit different than an African-American woman. Um, and, and, and that, it resonates. I grew up without um, a male figure in my household. Um, we talk about opioid addiction. I have a stepfather who OD'd off of heroin um, and cocaine. So these are issues that hit me directly as an African-American male walking out. The first time that I saw a man carrying a briefcase was when I went down to Atlanta, Georgia to tour Morehouse. I never saw that growing up, and that's something that people have to understand. Having a positive African-American male role model in your community goes a long way. That's why I'm working with people like John Muhammad and and Brandon Bosley to make sure that we are um, speaking up and taking care of our tribes.
2: Is there a reason why you think so many African-American women just in the last, I said, year, year and a half, have done so well politically? Uh, is there a particular reason why? I would say Michelle Obama.
1: <laughs> I would say Michelle Obama. I mean
0: yeah. we laugh, but I mean there's no laughing right. matter that she had a powerful impact Absolutely.
2: in politics. Or does Darlene Green have some impact on that? I mean, she's she's oh, been around yeah. over twenty years now, but I mean Absolutely.
1: You have to tip your hat off to Darlene Green. I think I like to call her the quiet storm. Oh yeah. Um she has proven time and time again that she has resilience. I, it's a it's a amazing
0: i have gotten i i'm joe and i both have talked with darlene green off the cuff uh, many times and her raft of political knowledge is mm-hmm. immense even if she doesn't make the most noise she, mm-hmm. as she said as you said the quiet storm on that note mm-hmm. For real this time, I want to thank you for being on the show. For all of our stories, stlpublicradio.org. Follow me on Twitter at Rosenbaum. Follow Joe on Twitter at...
2: Jay Manis. It's J-M-A-N-N-I-E-S. And
0: how would people follow you on Twitter or any other part of the World Wide Web? Joshua D. Peters is my Twitter handler. We'll be back. The Twitter handler? (laughs) Twitter handle. (laughs) Handle. We'll be back next time. Until then, so long.
1: When the world
2: won't be singing
0: Flowers won't grow,
2: flowers won't grow, no,
1: bells won't be ringing,
2: no, bells won't be ringing,
1: who really cares, who really cares, who's willing to try, who is willing
0: to try.